0: There we are. There we are. Preseason kinks. Getting all the preseason kinks out of the way. Uh, There we are again. First show of 2024. Welcome back to Miami Total Football Radio, the show, otherwise known in English as Miami Total Football Radio, the show. I had to start with the Spanish pronunciation first because sometimes when my mind goes from English to Spanish, I struggle a bit and Simon was giving me stick about that. Uh, on the last show that we did at the end of 2023, saying that he could roll his R's better than I can. So, did it You're back not going to test
1: me on that. <laughs> You're not going to test me on that.
0: Uh, I was going to try, but I guess that I'm not going to get
1: away with it. It's too early in the show. Maybe we'll do that at the end. Yeah. <laughs> too
0: early in the year, maybe. Too early in the year. Maybe get, <laughs> get, get your feet wet back. Uh, get too early back. in the evening, man. <laughs> maybe have a couple beers. Uh, my name is Franco Panizo. That voice and that face is of Simon Evans. Welcome back. To the show, we haven't been on in three weeks. We apologize for that. But we plan to now get our consistent rhythm going. Preseason is officially underway for Inter-Miami, and it will be as well for us. And we will try to get on a more regular schedule, definitely at least once a week. But, of course, it all depends on news, so maybe we'll have more than one in a given week. Simon, I'm just going to ask you how your holidays were. We'll do the pleasantries first, but then we've got to dive right into it because there's a lot of Inter-Miami topics to talk about. So how were your holidays? What did you do? Give us the highlight of your holiday break.
1: Oh, no, my holidays, I was working over most of it. You know, I mean, the NFL didn't stop for the holidays too much, did it? So I was I was covering a lot of NFL stuff and, and various news. So yeah, it's not just uh, the English Premier League that that, that plays through the holidays. The, the This year, the NFL, with the way the days felt, had quite a few games. So I was watching a lot of sport, writing a lot. And uh, yeah but really good to be back uh looking forward to i missed that edm intro music as well that was, that's very good yeah <laughs> right.
0: uh, we, sw- we switched it up we switched it up from the traditional reggaeton that i had when it was just a audio podcast so now we've gone a little more edm here although i have a slow one i have a sad one in case you know there's you know inner mind is coming off a big loss or something along those lines i have i have a slower one that fits the setting or the mood if if you know situation calls for it people are happy to see you back simon because it's been a while since you've been on princess shorty says simon and then follows up with a we missed you here in the comment thank you
1: princess shorty (laughs) no it's been uh it's tough you know there's a lot of different stuff going on and, and and a lot of stuff covering and uh you know when you work for a news agency like i do you work a lot at nights as well so it's kind of hard sometimes to to find the time and also to be you know as up to speed as i want to be but um yeah, it's been good uh, this last weekend getting out to into Miami to the Suarez presentation. And before that, I was, uh, you know, Tata and Sergio Busquets at the uh, MLS Media Day. So it's it got me back into the, the rhythm again uh, of it all.
0: I shake my head because I have to, I have to say this. I have to say this. MLS Media Day. It was generally a big waste of time, a big waste of time. They said. Round table interviews. But apparently they don't know the English language because none of that was round table interviews. They were all press conference settings and they were all held to within 10 to 12 minutes with full translation from English to Spanish. So you know, subjects, interview, subjects, especially the bigger ones like Tata Martino Sergio Busquets answered three to six questions, tops, tops. That was a big waste of time. The media mixer afterwards was was great, you know props to whoever coordinated that event but whoever coordinated these I missed round out on tables, that I yeah. Simon, you should have came and it was two blocks away from the convention center. it was a great time. I had a great time. so whoever coordinated that kudos to you for a job well done whoever co- coordinated these round tables that were not round tables because I guess we don't know the English language well then uh you got the-
1: it, it, Francois maybe maybe this is the this was the transition year of it because in the past the round tables, you know, you'd get a pretty small turnout of journalists. I, I went to MLS media days in the past in New York and in LA. Um I think, I think you were the one in, in New York for oh, sure. Simon, you,
0: that's fine. But why call them round tables? If you know that you're transitioning to press conferences, why call them round table?
1: No, but I think they got caught between two stools a little bit, I think. So I think, I think, uh you know, they, 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 were they went in thinking, this is what we usually do. And then they realized there's going to be too many people. And so it turned into like, unsatisfactory press conferences I agree with you. it wasn't it wasn't uh, what I want I didn't get what out of it what I usually would get out of it no my,
0: my biggest beef is that I had an outlet that asked me to cover it for them and they paid a decent amount for me to cover it for them now they were under the impression that it was a round table so therefore they expected me to get some questions in for what they were looking for that did not happen because of the setup that they had so that is a issue for me and in general, because if you're going to say it is this, then deliver on it being that. If it's not going to be that, then say just call it what it is. There's no problem with saying, hey, they're press conferences, and they're press conferences. Then, but then people can go in with that expectation. It's like, hey, it would be like saying, hey, Messi's going to play on a Friday, and then being like, well, actually, he's not playing. Sorry, just change that up on you. Um, I mean, that's a, that's maybe uh, an extreme example, but you get the idea. I mean, don't don't set up false hope and false expectations, especially for media outlets that are going to invest money into this. Because why would that media outlet next time want to invest money into it? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I get your point. And yeah. so
0: um, anyway, anyway, we've got Inter-Miami stuff to talk about signing. A good bit of it as well. We've got to catch up here on the start of preseason, the Kamal Miller trade and the overall center back situation, the mysterious absence or hiatus of Harvey Neville. And, of course, we have to preview a little bit the preseason opener, which will happen on Friday, down in El Salvador, Inter Miami, with a very video game-like approach, playing a national team in El Salvador, <laughs> down in Central America, and that will be the start of well the frequent flyer preseason because the travel rewards program. Whoever is Inter Miami's coordinator, um, you know, I hope I hope they have a frequent flyer miles program in there because poof, they're going I think twenty-three thousand miles over a span of three weeks. It's a a remarkable You won't be doing
1: much of it in commercial, I suspect.
0: (laughs) Uh, So, all right, Simon, let's get right into it. So preseason began officially on Saturday, this past Saturday, because Inter Miami had their first day of practice that was open to the media. However, and this is inside information, the team had been training from the previous Monday. Uh, They were voluntary practices. But they were not really voluntary, from what I'm hearing. If you were here, you needed to be there. So while in name they were voluntary mm-hmm. workouts, weren't really voluntary. So Inter Miami's actually been training in earnest, in more honesty, in about now a week and a half. Saturday was our first day, but they've really been training for a week and a half at this point, which would make more sense if they're going into a game this Friday, right? You have two weeks of preparation as opposed to just you know five six, right. days. So Simon. Like you said, we spoke with Tata Martino, we spoke with Sergio Busquets at, at Media Day, or we heard from them, maybe didn't get to speak with them. Uh, and then <laughs> uh, on Saturday, Tata Martino and Luis Suarez in a press conference setting. And then earlier today, Wednesday, spoke to Julian Gressel and Tyler Hall, two of the recent additions. We'll also talk about you know some of the recent signings that have been made. So, Simon, it's been a busy few days in terms of Inter-Miami camp. I mean, what can you give us what do you what do you take away from the last few days as we begin preseason with the team? Well, I've got
1: to say I was really pleasantly surprised uh, by the, by the Suarez press conference. You know, I thought I thought he came over really well. Um, he said all the right things. Um, you know, he has this public image, doesn't he, Suarez? And and you know, especially outside of the countries where he's he's really be, enjoyed his football. You know, particularly Spain and Uruguay, where he's. He's well-liked and so on, or oh, Barcelona and uh, Uruguay anyway. Uh, and in English football, you know, there's, uh, you, you mentioned Suarez's name, and, of course, people think about some of the negative incidents that happened in the past. But he came over as a really nice guy, you know, and uh, and, and said all the right things. Um, I did leave, in, leave thinking, yeah, you know, he's right. They're not just here to have fun together. You know, he's he's coming here. He's got a reputation. He's a big-time player. No one wants to end a career by... Uh, by not doing a good job, right? So I think uh, the the feeling I left was like, okay, here's another serious guy. He's another top guy. Let's see on the field how much he's got left in the tank. Um, You know, the way things went for him in Brazil suggests there is something left in the tank. Um, But that was the most impressive thing for me over the last week was was meeting Suarez there, hearing him talk, uh, seeming relaxed, seeming happy uh, and ready to go. So that's going to be a really interesting part of the... Next few weeks, he's seeing how he starts to gel with the rest of the team on the field.
0: He spoke some English, too. He spoke some English. Showed off that, uh, that Liverpool accent that he might have picked up along the way in his career. Not no, really. Not much he of wasn't. a Liverpool accent, but no, he no, spoke no. English, which, you know, kudos to him. I agree with you. My, my sensation just coming out of that press conference was, you know, he's a pro. He's a pro's pro. Said all the right things, answered the questions. Uh, you know, gave you a sound bite, but without being super controversial, I asked him directly, you know, how many goals do you would expect to score this year? 15 to 20, 20, 25, 25, 30. And, you know, he, he laughed it off and joked and said, look, I have a number that I would like to, to reach, but I'm not going to be like Romario and say, I want to score this many goals and then try and score that many goals. I'll have the number and we'll see if I if I can do it. But like you said, he talked about wanting to help the team win titles. Now, all, all the standard stuff you would expect him to say. Um, but, you know, there was there was a good element of, of dialogue there. It wasn't just like straight to the point. You know, he seemed personable at times. Uh, yeah, you know, he laughed and, and, and joked about it a couple of times. So uh, you know, obviously it's early days when the game start going, and there's a little more pressure. We'll see if that other side of Luis Suarez uh, shows up. But obviously, in early days, positive, positive reviews at least. From it's a pity he doesn't players.
1: get to play against Chiellini again. You know, I would have loved. <laughs> I would have loved. That would have been a great story for the media. Fans would have enjoyed it. You know, him lining up against Chiellini again. I know they made their piece and like Chiellini being like. What a super guy he is, by the way. I know it's not an into miami topic, mm. but uh, at MLS Cup, he knew he was retiring and he, and he came into the media room and sat down for like 20 minutes with us. Never announced his retirement, but kind of gave us what we need to to, to send him on his way. I, I thought he was like a, a really good example of how like these real end of career, and he was, you know, real end of career players coming into MLS can leave a positive legacy even in a short period of time I think so yeah I'll, I'll miss Giorgio Chiellini but that would have been fun to see Suarez against him again.
0: That would have been incredible like the storylines heading into the game and the images and you would have gone into the archives and all the good stuff Um, definitely hope I mean I would have hoped that we would have gotten Suarez before that game if that would have happened but I, I would probably doubt it. Intermoney would probably push him off the side and protect him until after the match. Hey, I mean listen, man. That's, unfortunately that's how how things run in MLS. Uh, but just sticking with Suarez really quickly, Simon, I've had this debate with Jose uh, Armando, one of our other co-hosts, Andrea Yanis as well, both of them on international duty because Honduras is playing here and training here in South Florida. I think they're we playing the game with right now. Exactly. So it. I think Honduras is playing right now, if I'm not mistaken, at DragFig Stadium, and those two are are over there, which just explains their absences. But Simon, I mean, Luis Suarez is a starter, in the important games, he's the number one on the depth chart. I'm not saying over the course of the entire season because you know he's he's older, he's got his knee issues. But you agree that he's the number one option at, at the number nine. If there's a cup final this weekend, he would be starting that game.
1: No, absolutely, yeah. There's no question uh, about it.
0: Okay, because host is telling me like, oh, Campana, like he doesn't think Campana will be able to be that type of you know backup that starts occasionally. And there's a lot of games. there's
1: him. a lot of games though, isn't there? And we saw there's that last lot. year we saw that last year um, and the schedule gets even you know really tight at some points in the year doesn't it i mean last year after league's cup the schedule was crazy then particularly for inter miami could well be similar again this year depends how how, how things go but um there's enough games for campana to, to make a a, a really I mean, important contribution as well and uh, you know and suarez swazi's fitness is going to be a question mark, right? It's not going to be a huge shock if he's ruled out for three or four weeks at a time now and then or something. So I think that's why Campana's still at the club, right? I mean, he's, you know, it would be crazy to, to rely on Luis Suarez um, and Messi as, as your strike pairing for the whole, for the whole year with no real backup there. So it's great for them to have Campana there. And yeah, he probably won't like being the backup guy in that sense, but that's what he's going to be. Surely. Yeah. That's, I mean,
0: that's going to be his role this year. I'm, I, like with you, I'm I'm I agree with that. There will be times where he has to start during maybe the dog days of summer, where he'll get a you know a good stretch there of games. Like you said, there's so many matches to be played this year, especially if Inter Miami is as successful as it wants to be. So there'll be ample opportunity for him, but he's going to have to accept. Tata it. did float
1: that point. idea during one of his chats that oh maybe they can both play together, both you play know. Together. But do you think that's just like politics? Do you think that's just? I, mean, like- I think
0: that's I think that's just lip service because even last year. Uh, you know, although Campana and Joseph Martinez played together, they didn't really start games together. You know, when you say play, I go, I take the assumption of they're starting games together because they might yeah, play yeah. together in the final five minutes of a game and that your Miami's scrambling for a tying goal or a game winning goal. But starting together, I think you just lose too much defensively between Suarez Campana. You're gonna have Messi in there. Uh, I just think I don't think that that's that's realistic. It's too much, too Ma- much. maybe, maybe, maybe we'll see. Um, you know, if Tata Martino goes the the FIFA way and just all attacking players at all positions, but no, I mean, I, I don't, I just don't see that. I don't see, I don't think that's enough. Also, enough how many balance. teams
1: play with like? I mean, Suarez isn't a classic big man, really, but he's quite. You know, he's a he's a centre forward, isn't he? He's not he's not a ten, or he doesn't play off anyone. He's the main man leading the line, and so is Campana, really. So I don't see, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't see, see how that would work, really. You know, there's not many teams play with two out and out nines.
0: Yeah, I don't see it. So so then very quickly before we switch the gears on Suarez, I know it's early days, but I'm going to have to ask you to clock in your early preseason prediction, the first one of the year. Simon, how many goals does Luis Suarez score this year in all competitions? Because if, if we do MLS, it's going to be a lot trickier. But let's say in all so competitions. How many
1: games are we looking at in all competitions then? So we're looking uh, at MLS is going to be, what, 34, is it? in regular season. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you're going to have playoffs. Who knows how many games that's going to be, but let's <laughs> say, let's say that's a minimum of four games, right? Uh that's,
0: I mean, if you want to go that way, right. or a yeah. middle
1: route, 38, open cup, right.
0: leagues cup, conquer champions cup, Simon, give me, give me a number. You know so you're I mean, getting exactly. close.
1: You're getting close with the cups and, and then conquer to around 50 games. 50, He's not let's gonna, say 50 games, right? Let's say he plays in 30 of those games, right? that's a reasonable guess mm-hmm. and and then i would say he scores i think 20 would be doing really well out of 30 games so i'm gonna say he scores in all comps he scores uh 19 19
0: oh you give me an exact number okay guy says 15 plus god i appreciate you opining however god,
1: i kind of I, I think between 15 and 20 would be a reasonable if you were going for a broader range that's what I go for, but I I'll, I'll say nineteen. I
0: think I think that's t- that's playing it way too safe though. I think they're Isn't playing it? way like, really. Luis Suarez who just killed it in Brazilian first division, like that's where we're setting the bar. Fifteen goals, come on, come on, guys. No, because I
1: don't think he's going to play all the time.
0: He's not going to play all the time. But if he could do it in Brazil, right, where it's a more competitive league where there's no roster rule or, or salary cap, he's coming to MLS where some teams play <laughs> college center backs because. You know that's just how the rosters are made up because of the salary budget. Twenty plus, man. I would say I would almost go twenty-five plus, but I might I might be overdoing it there. But I'll say at least twenty goals. Twenty goals. If he well, okay, less, I've said nineteen, so you're going
1: one. You're going one more than me. If
0: he scores yeah. less than twenty, I don't think it's a successful season. I know he's not a DP, but for who he is and the season he's coming off, I think anything less than twenty in all comps would be a disappointment. Yeah, yeah. would be a disappointment. Yeah. I can see uh, all right, so let's let's switch gears. We talked about the front. Let's go to the back. Kamal Miller was traded to the Portland Timbers. Phil Neville came knocking for the center back that he helped bring to Inter Miami. Kamal, Kamal Miller traded to the Portland Timbers for allocation money. That happened since we last recorded three weeks ago. So now Inter Miami has a hole at center back end. Tata Martino admitted as much in the day one preseason press conference, that that is the most glaring need as of right now. He also talked about maybe adding another central midfielder. Uh, You know, he, he like brought that in or added that into the overall remark, but it was really, really short. He didn't really uh, expand on that too much. Center back is where is what they're looking at right now. And there are reports that came out earlier today that, the center back, well, one of the center backs, if they're looking at more than one, but one center back that they're looking at is Argentine center back Nicolas Freire. I hope I pronounced that right. Um, veteran center back, I believe he's 30 years old, has European experience, played in Mexico. I don't know a whole lot about him, so I can't really say if he's gonna be a good fit or not a good fit, because I'd be lying to you guys. I can't, I can't, in my head, I can't imagine that he's going to be like for like replacement for Kamal Miller I just I like I think he's going to be a depth piece my this is just my my sensation maybe I'm wrong I think they're going to bring in another center back like they need another starting quality center back I thought Kamala, sorry man I would love to hear your opinion I thought Kamal Miller had some very good games last year for Inter-Miami and then he had some some real bad ones but on the balance I thought he was more positive than negative yeah, the well. thing that
1: a little bit surprised me about him going on, I know in MLS it's, these kind of trades aren't always down to like performance factors, are they? But mm-hmm. but um, the thing that surprised me a little bit was I, I thought he was one of the players who who, who reacted really well and, and improved during that sort of second part of the year with, with, with the new arrivals. You know, when I was looking at him early in the season, I'm thinking, you know, and he was hitting long balls out of the back and, 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 and I was thinking, hey, this isn't going to work very well with like Busquets, and uh, yeah, you thought Sergey was going to be out, and you know that's or uh, well, Sergio, as the guys were calling him on the on the last pod. But yeah, I mean, I think I think a lot of us did, but um, he, I thought he'd improve. So I'm a little bit surprised. But I thought he adapted quite well. We saw him doing a lot of work with short passing and 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 playing the ball into Busquets and so on. So yeah, it, it's a surprise that he's gone. But like I said.
0: Especially Simon, sorry. Especially since he just had signed a contract extension with Inter Miami a few months ago, right. he could have. He was set to be a free agent this summer. Or I mean, sorry, this winter, this past winter, this winter that we're in right now. He could have explored European options. Now, I don't know if he had European options or how how uh, big that interest was, but he could have been a free agent. That opens the door for much many more possibilities. He chose to resign with Inter Miami. I'm sure part of it was like, hey. I would like to continue on with this project with Messi and try to win trophies, etc. And then a few months later, he gets traded. And I know, like you said, MLS trades don't always come down to just talent and fit. It also comes, you know, salary budget, not only for the short term but for the medium to long term. You know, there's other windows you're thinking about, not just necessarily this window. So, unfortunately, I, I have a I have an issue with the overall trade system in MLS. I know it's in a very American mechanism for for players. I don't really I get in this case I don't really I don't really like the fact that you could just be traded like that because he made a big life decision. yes, he's a professional athlete, but he made a big life decision a few months ago only to then be traded and, and sent to Portland. I will say this. I will say this because I saw him at MLS Media Day. He's still living in South Florida yet. he hasn't moved to Portland. Um, so they had him as a representative of the Portland Timbers in uh, at the MLS Media Day. And I saw him for a brief second walking and he was in the all green uniform. And I said, "Oh man, it's weird to see you in pink." And he goes, "No, nah, I love it. I mean, I'm sorry. Weird to see you in green." He said, "No, nah, I love it." So I don't know. Take that for what it's worth, but that's that's what he said um, when I was like, "It's weird to see you in, in all green." Uh, we'll get away from the trade overall point. I don't know if you agree or disagree with that. If you know you think players should be traded without you know having a say. Um, well, no, they it, shouldn't.
1: They shouldn't really. I mean, it's. And I know technically you can say they sign up to to a system like that, but you know, I'm amazed that the players' union uh, is is so at ease with that kind of stuff. To be honest, it's because... such an
0: it's an American thing, though. That's that's why it's like it's yeah, it seen is as okay. But I mean, if you really look at it, I, I don't think it's something that that should be a practice often in MLS. I think that should be something that gets taken away. If the player says okay, cool, I'll go, then maybe. But like. You know, with transfers, player has a say in where he's going to go or a loan, he's going to have a say. Yeah. His, uh, I think anyway. certainly
1: every effort to, should be made to minimize those kind of deals, though, because it's it's brutal. I don't know if you remember uh, years ago on one of the hard knocks. Uh, I don't know how much you watch stuff like NFL, stuff like that, but there was a hard knocks on the Miami Dolphins, and one of the players got traded like that in, in, in preseason camp. He was traded to Pittsburgh, and they had the fly-on-the-wall camera in there when the guy's being told, okay, just pack your bags, you've got to be at the Steelers' facility tomorrow morning. And he's like, what? Can I, can, can I tell my mom first? Like, you know, a young guy, <laughs> you know. And it is, it's, you know, on a, on a personal level, it's like – I mean, imagine that happening to, to you or anyone you know where they're suddenly told, next day you've got to be in Pittsburgh. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, you... yeah,
0: I don't – yeah, I agree. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's just it's not – I don't agree with it. I don't agree with it. Like, and I, I think this trade especially is kind of really – underline that for me that um you know he's a player that is a canadian international i'm sure he could have had some interest in europe whether it was lucrative or not he could have had some interest in europe some, I'm, some, a, yeah. I'm gonna say he's playing in the english uh first division I'm the no but where, player.
1: where the, the player that we're talking about replacing him with he's played in greece right he Could he to even go to
0: belgium could go to greece you know there's other leagues besides you know the top notch now again you know he just got married if I'm not mistaken, he posted p- pictures recently on his Instagram, of him getting married to his significant other on the beach here in South Florida. So, I mean, it looks to me like his his intention was to stay here, and now that's all changed, and he's he's off to Portland to play for Phil Neville once again. So, <laughs> just add that
1: into the mix. Yeah.
0: <laughs> don't smirk, Simon. Don't smirk. i um,
1: I like Phil Neville. <laughs>
0: um, all right. So, regarding the center back situation. Is this Argentine guy going to be it, do you think, in terms of the additions, or do you think that they will bring in another center back as well? Because if they're trying to play five at the back. I, I can't imagine it's going to be Aviles, Christoph, and Freyden, Argentine guy. Like, I have, there has to be somebody else. I know there's some other young center backs there in the in the ranks and in the depth chart, like Tyler Hall that just got signed. Um, Ian Frey should come back from injury at some point this year. There's Christopher McVeigh. Ryan sailor. But I think if you're trying to play a back five, I think you need another
1: senior center back. And
0: maybe they'll wait till summer to get that. But I mean, if this team's trying to win everything or try to win, trying to be as competitive as they can, I think you need to bring somebody else in.
1: Well, what you don't want to be in a position is if you set out to play with three central defenders, um, you don't want to like any other position. You don't want to just have three central defenders, do you? Because you're going to have to change system if you, every time you get an injury or a suspension. So, yeah, I would agree that that would be logical that they bring in two central defenders. You would think now, yeah,
0: yeah, I, I think so. I think unless I one of the you young know. players
1: does really, really well in preseason, and Tata thinks there's no reason, you know, we can play them enough this season that, that we'll be able to cope. But I would, I would, I would agree with you, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think they I think they've got to bring in if, even if they get Freida, I hope I'm pronouncing it right. If I'm not, we'll work on it as the season uh, as the year rolls along, but I do think they need to bring in another center back. Absolutely. Even though they've got a bunch, I think they have to bring in another one. We'll see how it goes. I think I fully expect them to play most of the games with the back 5. We'll see a back 4, I'm sure, throughout that's kind of already said that, you know, both systems are are in the works or they're going to not ruling anything out but I would imagine that they're going to play more of a back fives. Dating back to last year, seeing how the games played out, seeing how Inter-Miami struggled defensively in transition when they would throw numbers forward and get hit on the counter, I think that they're going to go off of that and say, all right, we need to go with the back five. I think that's how Tata that Martino and his staff are going to, going to look at it. Now, speaking of comings and goings, there haven't been that many goings. But Tata Martino, in his day one preseason press conference, alluded to the fact that there are very likely to be some more exits, more players salida, that will be on their way out the exit door. Now, there's there no has to be. Models. Right. I mean, if you look Absolutely. at
1: that roster, it's, it's huge, really, isn't it?
0: Absolutely. Now? Nicola Stefanelli is already, already being reported as one of those players. Dixon Arroyo, who has not re, who had not resigned with the team, you know he had been in talks with the team about maybe coming back. He has signed with uh, with another team in Ecuador again, so he's he's back off to his home country. But there haven't been that many exits. Kamal Miller, the most notable, so far. But I, like you said, and like Tata has insinuated, there will very likely be more exits to come. Uh, Kyla here says Stefanelli and Harvey afuera, and if you don't know what afuera means, that means out of here. Uh, so let's let's start with harvey now because i reported last week that well he wasn't at training on day one right day one of preseason he wasn't there amongst the group now he wasn't the only one that wasn't there out on the field robbie robinson also wasn't out there he's dealing with what tata martino said was a physical issue and was inside training with the medical staff which i mean we don't have to harp on the robbie robinson injury issues but you know, if it's already day one of preseason, is already having injury issues, then I mean, that's just another concerning sign for him um, and his career. Uh, other players that weren't out there were Franco Negri, Coco Jean, Edison Ascona. Today at Wednesday's practice, he was doing work individually off to the side with uh, with the trainer. Um, so these are players that aren't taking part in the full session right now. However, Harvey Noble was nowhere to be found. And I did some digging found out some information. This is inside information from sources. Harvey Neville did not partake in any of those optional training sessions before last Saturday. He was not around at any point. I got finally some word from Inter-Miami. Official word, Simon Evans. Official word from Inter-Miami on Harvey Neville's status. No comment. That is the official status from Inter-Miami. That's the official explanation for Harvey Neville's Absence. Now, I've been long of the belief since Phil Neville was hired as Portland Timbers head coach that he would end up in Portland. That Harvey Neville would end up in Portland. I don't know. I don't have that. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, but I will. I will distinguish my information from my supposition here. I fully believe that that's what's going to happen. I just. I don't know why Harvey Neville isn't in camp right now. I don't. I don't have that reason. I don't have that information, but I fully expect that that will happen. At some point, is that where else is Harvey Neville going to go? Honestly, where else is he going to go?
1: I don't know. I mean, he, <laughs> he could, he could go, he could go anywhere, couldn't he? I mean, it's yeah, I mean, I can, ob, there's an obvious reason why he might go to Portland. Um, but you know, let's, let's not forget the level he was playing at last year when he, when he w- was moved out from into Miami and he was playing in, in USL championship, right? For Luton United. So, um, does he does he walk into an MLS roster or is he going to go to Poland as uh, to be part of their next pro team or something? I don't know. um we'll see. we'll see. I don't know how, I mean how
0: much how much do you think is going on behind the scenes with regards to him right now and trying I mean to sort it could be
1: tricky trade. to walk I mean we just talked about how weird these trades scene things can be, right? so if this was like in most other parts of the world. You know, he wouldn't have a very high value because he hasn't played much and he's a young player and so on. So they would just, you know, some arrangement, and he'd move to Portland, right? Um, But you know, are into Miami holding out to get like some tam gam, you know, some some MLS uh, token money in return for him or something? I don't know. And then and then that raises: Do Portland want to start paying things out to to bring Harvey Neville in? basically to reunite with his dad and be able to work with his dad and so on i don't know i mean you know i don't think it's great for a career i mean i'm not saying this is what's happening but i don't think it's great for a career to follow your dad around too much as well um you know paul dalgleish who worked down here with miami fc you know he had that in his career for a little bit and just kind of doesn't sit well with everybody when when a nepotism
0: when, claims the nepotism claims will, will always fall. yeah but i mean
1: he, he like you know paul went from like liverpool to newcastle which is like you know a big big move or whatever and it was you know because his dad was was coaching the, 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 those clubs and so on so yeah i don't i don't i don't uh i don't uh know where he's gonna uh, go uh you can't see a future for him into miami um i don't but, think
0: Simon, why would why would they not have him train? Why isn't he training at all? I mean, just I know you, you don't have the information. I don't have the information. At least I don't think you have the information. Why would he not even be training? Like uh, is he that is he thought that out of favor with Tato Martino? That they just or is this like?
1: He, you know, I mean, Harvey
0: Neville's entourage being like. Well, if he has no no business there, then we're not even going to risk him training. Like, why do you think he's not even training? Well, it
1: could it could be that he doesn't want to risk it while he's in this. If he's in some sort of limbo position, and you don't want to get in in you don't want to be caught in in a limbo position and get injured, and then like who's looking after you and and all that kind of stuff. The other thing that sometimes happens, um, I don't know how often it happens in MLS, but it does happen. I know it happens in England. It's sometimes players start training with their new club before they've actually completed the paperwork, which is not supposed to happen for insurance reasons and all sorts of other things. But sometimes people turn a blind eye and they can do that. Now, I'm I'm not suggesting for one minute that that's what's happening here, but it it does happen sometimes. <laughs> don't look at me like that, Frank. <laughs>
0: I'm not suggesting that. I don't know. It kind of work. Kind of
1: works. What's that? Uh, <laughs> I don't <laughs> know. I don't know. I'm speculating as to w- the various different things it could be. I mean, and, or and that's, could...
0: that's what happens when you don't get, you know, when you don't have the information and when your team doesn't provide you with information, the team just provides. Maybe the cat, means-
1: maybe the cat, if it's one of these limbo type arrangements or something, but I well, don't know. We
0: are left to speculate here on the outside so we can suggest and speculate and do all that fun stuff um, because is isn't giving us much. Um, all right. Who else do we think could leave? Who else? Give me some other candidates that you think might be on the way out. We know about Nicolas Stefanelli. Reports are saying he's he's close. We saw Emerson Rodriguez back from his loan with Santos Laguna. His loan expired. So he's back in with Inter Miami. You know, he was seen. I saw him uh, on day one there, preseason, chatting and talking about. Um, who else? Oh, Leandro Gonzalez-Perez. His loan uh, also expired after being on a loan, two-year loan deal to – River Plate, but River Plate triggered the buy option and they have kept him. So no Leandro Gonzalez-Perez reunion with Tata Martino here in South Florida. Who else else
1: could be on the move? I mean, if you look at the roster, I think you'd have to say, you know, a question over Franco Negri with the arrival of Jordi Alba, right?
0: I agree. I agree. Uh, He's not healthy yet, but I agree you know, he might be surplus to requirements. Um, then maybe, you look at it. You have Noah failed. Allen in the mix there, too. You have Noah Allen, who's, you know, a young young guy. You know, you, you're going to want to give him minutes. If it's not going to be within Miami's first team, then you got to loan him out somewhere. Um If not, then, you know, if he is factor, does factor into, you know, developing him and playing him, then Franco Negri, where's Franco Negri going to play? Higher up the field, maybe? Possibly, but, I mean, the, the left back seems... It's a little, a little uh, crowded.
1: And sure. then you talk about if you do bring in another, if you bring in two central defenders, then you know that's not really a vote of confidence in in guys like uh, McVeigh, is it? So you know, do the do, do, do they move out if if you bring in more in that area? I, I uh, think. Uh, I Saylor? think some
0: names. I think some names. That if we're gonna we're gonna just again supposition, not inside information. I think Franco Negri – I don't know, man, because if Inter Miami wants to win now, then I think – I mean, there's got to be a market for Franco Negri out there. It just really depends on if Inter Miami wants to develop Noel in at all this year or if they're just trying to win with you know, the best talent that they have. Um, that's the question. I would say – I think it's for McVeigh is likely going to be on his way out. Not inside yeah. information, just what I think. He, last year, you know, he he when Tata Martinez took over, Christopher McVay barely saw the field. I think even Ryan Saylor was, you know, Ryan Saylor was ahead of him, um, despite being, you know, less experienced in, in different games. Ryan Saylor would step onto the field before Christopher McVay. So I think Christopher McVeigh is not to the liking of of this coaching staff. So I think he's definitely a candidate. Uh I think I think DeAndre Yedlin, man, I still think DeAndre Yedlin is definitely a candidate to be moved. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I'll be sad to see him go because I, I like I like Yedlin a lot. But um, I think, you know, the signing of uh, Gressel just looks like the end of the road for Yedlin, doesn't it?
0: And then they went and signed uh, Israel Boatwright, academy player who can also play in there at right back. So, I mean, you could probably get something for Yedlin. And listen, I talked I talk to... We, we talked to Julian Gressel today um, in his first availability as an Inter-Miami player. And one of the questions I asked him and towards the end, I think it was the last question of the of the scrum, was, what does Tata Martino ask from his right wing back? Because Julian Gressel has played there before at Atlanta United under Tata Martino, where they won MLS Cup together. Now, I have to note this part, because since Gressel has been signed, Inter-Miami has made a point to refer to him in initial reference as a midfielder, who can also play as a fullback or wingback. I, I mean, this is just me. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. I fully expect him to be a wingback more than a midfielder. That's just me. That's just me. I think he's he going to It doesn't make play. a lot
1: of sense if they haven't signed him to be that, to me. I mean, that's where he you know, he really caught the eye at times with Columbus Crew, and I know it was a little bit – Yeah, I have exactly the same feeling about Yedlin as Princess Shorty there, yeah. Yeah, she absolutely. says, "I
0: love Yedlin, and I hate to say it, but it feels like it's time."
1: It does, yeah. And I like him a lot, uh, a lot of ways. He's good to talk to, isn't he? As well, and you he's know, a, he's a
0: great quote. He's a great and, and quote. And he, he's, he's, a be, he's guy. been a
1: great player, and he still will be a useful player for somebody for a year or two, definitely. I think.
0: Yeah. I mean, not, he can not, do he, he can do a job. He can do a job, but there's definitely certain limitations. And last year. Not only did you see the attacking limitations, in my opinion, I think you also saw. No, no, but I'm not the, going into. The, I can the, see I,
1: they've upgraded him by they've upgraded by bringing Gressel in there. I and think, I and I think right?
0: that's I think that's the and that's where I was trying to go to with uh, with the interview with Julian Gressel because at the end I asked him about playing that right wing back spot and Julian Gressel talked a lot about how Tata wants that player to be an attacking option, to be an outlet, to get forward, to be dangerous. I mean, you you saw in Atlanta Julian Gressel would whip in pinpoint crosses into the mm-hmm. box that that at that point, Joseph Martinez was finishing off. DeAndre Edlin doesn't give you that. DeAndre Edlin can get forward. He's got a heck of a lot of speed and can race back and put out fires. But he's not the most technical player. You know, he, he definitely tries hard, but he's not the most technical player. And for a team like this one, where they're trying to obviously have a very Latin American, South American feel to it, I mean, you want more technical players on the field. And I think DeAndre Ellen doesn't suit, doesn't fit that profile. I think, I've said this since late last season, I think his days are numbered. If they can find something that's worthwhile, and I'm sure they're probably trying to, Chris Anderson's doing the best he can to get, you know, all the juice out of the line, then I think DeAndre Ellen might not see the start of this season.
1: Yeah, what I was saying, though, was I think he, he's still an attractive uh, proposition for another club, right? I think you'll... He'll find himself with with a decent move in MLS if that's what the club are looking to do to move him on. I think uh, you know if I was if I was building a roster uh, of an MLS team that wanted to you know move up a notch from whatever level they were at in MLS, I think Yedlin's a player I'd I'd seriously consider to bring into someone like I don't know Charlotte or somewhere like that, wouldn't you?
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, th- I mean, there's definitely a home for him in MLS. It's also a matter of you know, with his agent, do they want to go there? You know, I guess you could just be traded, you know, like, you can just be traded and, you know, just got to deal with it. But, you know, when you're when you're a U.S. Men's national team player, I'm sure you have a little more influence than if you're a Canadian national team player. There's one three Canadian teams, a whole lot more uh U.S. teams. So we'll see what happens with DeAndre Edlin. Any other name you want to throw out there that you think could be on the way out? Um.
1: I think we said Stefanelli, haven't we? Um, There's a big question mark over Robbie Robinson, obviously. Ryan Saylor is 25 years old, you know, and he's still not really playing regular uh, football, you know, for his sake. But he's cheap, but he's cheap. But if you were him, wouldn't you want to be going out and playing some games at 25? Because you know, before you know it, you're 27 and you've played like 12 games or something. You know,
0: <laughs> uh, maybe, but, or maybe he just wants to be in South Florida and around Messi and and the whole spectacle. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. It'd be a good question for him whenever we get a chance to speak to him. Like at this point in your career, do you need minutes or are you content with you know the role you have right now? So then question.
1: you know this, this is, is one question. that you would know better than me, but. I, I don't know uh, in terms of like the salary cap situation, what the score would be with John Mata,
0: Who is in Brazil right now. Another player that wasn't there, hasn't been here uh, with the team in South Florida during these opening days of preseason. We've been told by the team that he's working on, I think his green card, if I'm not mistaken. It's definitely some paperwork that he's working on, which is why he hasn't been available. Again, from what the team has told us, the team sometimes tells us things and it's not always true. So that's why I have to put that caveat there. Um, any other name? I think Robbie Robinson, if he gets healthy, I think he's definitely a player that could be moved on. It just, it never clicked here. It hasn't worked. He's, the health problems have been nonstop and they've limited him in, in, a, in a massive way, really hindered his career. I mean, there's questions, I think, in general about whether he should even. You know, be playing professionally if he can't stay healthy. But I think maybe a change of scenery could do him some good. But we'll see, you know, if and when he gets healthy, what happens with him. Uh, What other player? Let's just let's give one more name. Let's see. In the midfield, could somebody go? I don't know. I'd have to put a little more thought into it. I don't, I don't know. I'd have to think. I don't think David Ruiz, Benjamin Kremaski. I don't think they're going anywhere. No, uh, no, no. That, uh, yeah, well, Gomez isn't going anywhere. I don't know. I'd have to think about it a little bit more. So we'll, we'll leave the exercise there. We'll leave the exercise there. I think um, we
1: covered most of those potential ones there. Yeah,
0: yeah. But I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if there's even more players that go. But I think we touched on on a good bit. All I right, mean, here's
1: a, here's here's one. I know it worked out really well for him uh, last year. But what if somebody came in looking for – I mean, sometimes players move on not because the club wants them out uh, but because they get a good offer or a good opportunity that makes sense for their roster building and stuff. If somebody came in for Robert Taylor, do you think they would uh, fight really hard to keep him there?
0: Maybe. Maybe. Uh, I mean, Robert Taylor started out really well. I know some people are going to think this is blasphemy, but he started out really well as like Messi's sidekick in the League's Cup and then kind of fizzled out, right? Then he kind of tapered off. A he little. wasn't there. A lot, a, of them,
1: a lot of them struggled physically, didn't they, I think, after the Leagues Cup.
0: But it you seemed know. to me like Farias was preferred. Whether Farias played well or played better, you know, that's up for debate. But I think Tata Martino and his coaching staff, they brought him here for a reason, and I think that they rate him a little bit more. And I think Robert Taylor's not necessarily a bad show. I do like this from Steve M- Munoz. I think it's a, it's a good... It's a good shout as well. Coco John. Yeah, I don't, I never really saw a lot of Coco John before he got injured. Um, You know, I didn't see a whole lot that he offered to the team, you know, serviceable, but not great. Does he fit with this coaching staff once? I don't know. I don't think so. So definitely, definitely probably um, someone that's in contention to be moved on when he is healthy. Um, All right, Simon, we've talked about the names. We've talked about the moves. Let's talk about a game. We've got a game on the cards on Friday. And again, it's go. a very video game. Estilo videojuego. We've got Inter-Miami versus El Salvador's national team down in Central America in the 2024 preseason opener. It begins Inter-Miami and Lionel Messi's globe-trotting preseason tour, which will include stops in Dallas which will include stops in Hong Kong, Japan, Saudi Arabia. Oh, also there's a game here in South Florida against Newell's old boys. So we've talked about the preseason a whole bit. If you want to dive into a little bit more about how, you know, even Sergio Busquets on media day t- talked openly about how the commercial side is definitely playing a big part in all of these decisions, which I think is very obvious for anybody. But Friday's game starts at all in El Salvador. So, I mean, what – I mean, we're not going to go into a whole – I don't think we're going to get into, like, super tactic or super tactical analysis about from this game. Maybe we'll see a formation that we can dissect a little bit. But, I mean, this is just going to be to get their legs under them, to start getting their feet wet as they build up towards the season. The travel roster's out. All the stars are in. Lionel Messi, Luis Suarez, Sergio Busquets, Jordi Alba. They're all there. But what should we expect on Friday? What should we realistically, what should the viewers who are tuning in now and who will very likely be tuning in on MLSsoccer.com if you're looking to watch the game, only place to watch it. And if you want to watch it in Espanol, I think it's MLSES.com, I think. I think. But MLSsoccer.com in English, the Spanish website for MLS in Spanish. So, Simon, you're a man who's been around the game for a long time, but these games are very unusual. Nonetheless, it's still a preseason match. What do we expect?
1: Uh, not a lot, really. I think I think you're absolutely right. It's about them getting their legs under them. A little bit more than that, though. You know, they've been training. By the time they'll be out there, they've been training for nearly two weeks. So it's a chance for them to, you know, to, to get some ball time as well. But there'll be unlimited substitutions, I would imagine. So we'll see a lot of, a lot of uh, different players used most players playing about half the game. I wouldn't be shocked to see almost two separate teams playing uh, at this stage. That's quite normal in this stage of preparation if you take a big uh, squad down with you. But it will be interesting to see the shape. You know, is Tata really set on playing five at the back? Is he going to go out there and play that? <clears throat> does does he carry on playing that when he swaps, swaps people in and out? Or is that only for when Messi's playing or for when he's got his preferred uh wing backs playing so there'll be little things like that that we can maybe learn a little bit of something from but um i don't think uh there's too much needs to be read into this or any of these other games to be honest i'll, I'll be interested to see what shape the team are in by the time you get to the newles game i think uh, that that will be one where you'll be looking at and saying okay you should be playing your first choice starting eleven in your last preseason game if you've done it right. You know, that's what you want. Um.
0: So, Simon, I have an interesting follow-up question to that. It's something you touched on here. In previous years, and something that has been frustrating but also beneficial to me personally, is that Inter-Miami has kept a very low profile for the majority of their preseason games. Like They don't stream them, they don't air them, they don't normally live tweet. Every once in a while we would get invited to watch one here or one there and we could you know, tweet about it and, and let the public know what was happening. But a Correct. lot of these games were very low profile. With Messi here and with all the attention and all the money and all the commercial and all the business and all the economic and all the financial, uh, et cetera, et cetera, These games are now going to be streamed these games are now going to be aired live that means that what inter miami does in all these games if they're working on certain things and tactics and formations public's going to see it how much does tata martino knowing that knowing that whatever he puts out there is going to be watched worldwide including by mls teams that will be preparing for inter miami how much does that factor into the decisions he makes to either prepare for what he wants or to maybe throw people off by using different systems that maybe he's he's not preferred. I mean that, that's the tricky balance here because you're gonna have to show all your cards. If you're gonna be honest about it all, then you're gonna show all your cards right away. Like so yeah, how, how much do you have to balance that?
1: I don't think so. I think he does what he wants to do. I mean, I think I think you're right, people can see it all, but then they'll see it all in week one and two in MLS anyway, right? Or you know, once once you start playing for real. Um, and You know, it shouldn't be a matter of concern for Inter-Miami, should it really, that like, you know, oh, we don't want to show people how we're going to line up behind Messi. I mean, if you're going out there and playing with Sergio Busquets behind Messi and Suarez with Jordi Alba on the left, um, I don't think you need to worry about the other team knowing that your right back pushes forward a lot as well. But, you know, how else are you going to practice this stuff? Just on the training ground?
0: so the point of that, the point of the question, your answer I think is fair and I think is is correct. I think that 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 Tata Martino is not going to try to do a whole lot of gamesmanship. Although Princess Shorty here in the comments section says I want to see some good old fashioned Tata gamesmanship. I mean it's possible, right? It's possible. But I what you just said, by and large, and that to me illustrates a very interesting change for Inter Miami, because if you're going to go out there and show all your cards, it's because you don't care about what the other teams are going to do. Like you're showing them, hey, this is how we're going to play. Now you have to outdo us because we have the star power. We have the quality. We have this. That to me shows that Inter-Miami, and this is a Spanish phrase, Spanish term, is taking on more of a role of protagonista. They are taking the role of one of the bigger teams in the league, which is obviously they should given the profile of players that they have. But that is complete change of direction from where they were a year ago and even two years ago and maybe throughout their first four Mm -hmm. years because before it was all hush-hush. I mean, again, one of the reasons it was frustrating was because we wouldn't know any of the scores or the results or the goal scores. With my digging, I would get every game that was closed behind closed doors. I know to Inter-Miami's, I won't say detriment, but to their annoyance and their frustration because I got phone calls uh, during the past few preseasons about reporting the games and the goal scorers. Really? And yeah. Oh, bro, brother, I got a call last year about a game, and they were like, oh, you put out all the information. And I was like, first of all, the job is to put out information. Second of all, there was no lineup in my story. I literally just said the goal scorers and what happened in the game. Like, this team scored first, this team scored second, etc., etc." And I got a phone call about that because it, it bothered Inter-Miami and it bothered Phil Neville's staff that they could not figure out who was giving me the information. It it, it left them a little uneasy as to who was giving Franco Benizo information as to these behind-closed-door games that were not being played in South Florida. So that's why I got the phone calls. But take that away. We're now here in 2024. The fact that if they do go with the approach that you and I think that they will, which is just to show what they've got and bet on that and see if other teams can outdo them, that is a change in mentality. That is a change in approach. That is a change in the overall direction of the club. They want to be protagonistas. All right, you have to outdo it. They, are, you they can't know what escape
1: from that. that. They can't escape from they
0: that. They can't, absolutely. They're absolutely. not challengers
1: anymore. You know, Even last season, they were a challenger team, right? Going after the established elite in, in MLS. They are the new established elite in MLS, whether they've won something or not. The the way the team has changed and all the attention on them and the expectations around them, <laughs> Franco super spy. Strike
0: opening yeah. the super spot. Here I am. <laughs> um,
1: and that's it. So they're out there. They've got to, you know, either it's going to work or it isn't going to work. It's not going to be about whether they, they, uh, you know, didn't show their hand against Al Nasir in a friendly or something. It's not, it's not going to come into it.
0: Right. They're going to, I think they're going to work on what Tata Martino wants. And Tata Martino is going to say, this is how we're going to play come the start of the season and throughout the year. He's not gonna. I don't think he's going
1: to hold anything back, really. He might experiment a little bit. He, he, you know, you quite often see in preseason campaigns with teams that I've followed where they do something in preseason. Ancelotti at Milan used to do it all the time. He'd play some system and you'd think, oh, that's what he's going with. He's going with, like, this player is in a deeper role and stuff, and then you never saw it again. Maybe it didn't work out in preseason. It's a good time to try things out, you know?
0: I think on the days when they're playing like three games and or two games in three, four days, I think so along those lines, maybe we'll see something like that, but let, let's listen to Julian Gressel. We haven't gotten to a soundbite or a clip here. Let's listen to Julian Gressel from earlier today's availability, what he thinks about the game itself on Friday night in El Salvador. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, I've never played obviously a national team with a club team. Um, so that'll certainly be something else. Um, that I, I get to experience and I'm excited about it. You know, I think it'll be it'll be a cool trip for us um, to kind of kick off the games, um, to go down there and, and uh, you know, see a lot of fans and all that type of stuff in a different environment, um, which also might prepare us well for, you know, the the of Champions Cup and all those types of competitions that we'll have coming up with, where you might face different types of oppositions, you know, so um, it'll be a good way for us to start preseason um, and an exciting, exciting matchup for sure. Simon, now my follow-up question for you is, what kind of environment, what kind of ambiance should we expect on Friday? Messi's the big ticket. He's going. We know he's on the travel roster that leaves on Thursday to Central America. If I don't know if you've seen any of the images down in El Salvador already, but there's El Salvador blue jerseys like on the one side and there's the pink Inter-Miami on the other half. I mean, I, I have Julian Gressel jokingly or half jokingly, what kind of environment he expects is a kind of a follow-up question to Friday's game, and and he said, you know, he doesn't really know because he didn't get to play against Messi last year, so you know he's looking forward to experiencing that. Um, I do have the clip, but we'll we'll I'll just paraphrase it for now. I mean, I I fully expect this to be a fun preseason game where the crowd will support whoever's winning in this match. If Alcântara is winning, you're gonna get the Salvador valor. Salvador. If Inter miamis winning, you know you'll probably get some Messi chance in there. I think you're gonna see some good pink in there. Um, even if they're not official jerseys, because there's a lot of the uh, the fake jerseys being sold. I saw and- <laughs> some of
1: the uh, unofficial, uh, you know, uh, uh, merchandise stands that have popped up around there. Yeah, with those half and half shirts and so on. Yeah, so I think it'll be pretty. It could be pretty wild atmosphere, actually, couldn't it? You know, I mean, <laughs> it, it 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 could be. And uh, but I think it'll be a festival. I think it'll be one of those where. You know, definitely veering more towards like the sort of messy appreciation evening rather than like you know, let's get behind our national team uh, sure, uh,
0: sure that you
1: normally would get. I mean, they normally really do back their national team in El Salvador, don't they? But it's going to so be no, bit... so
0: no no silvatos no no pifeos no we I won't don't get that so, no. no we won't get that uh, would nice to so? see I don't think so but it would have I, I would be nice to see Messi and Inter Miami go into an environment like that maybe in CONCACAF Champions Cup if they you know they end up facing a Mexican opponent yeah, at some yeah, point yeah, maybe, maybe then we'll we'll see that type of you know hostile environment for them I don't think Friday night will be hostile overall I think it's just like you said it's going to be more of a festive thing I think it's going And I to think be from what I've picked up and like
1: from, from what i picked up I think people in El Salvador are like first of all were a very surprised that this match was going to happen and then, kind of proud that it's happening. Like you know, Messi's coming to play our national team. I mean, you know, we don't really need to remind ourselves the status of this guy. But you know, I mean, it's he's, he's, he's huge, isn't it? Everything around Messi is just huge. And for it, for the, for him to line up against their national team in a game like this, a, a friendly game that that's been chosen and put together, it's it's really nice for El Salvador, I think. So. I'm sure there'll be more of a kind of festive atmosphere around it because of that factor as well.
0: Some some insight here, and I think it sheds a light into Inter Miami's approach to this game. It's going to be streamed because Messi's playing, of course. Now, excuse me, it's going to be in Central America against El Salvador, bit of a different type of game, okay? Now, like Julian Russell said, it will maybe in a way help them prepare for a CONCACAF Champions Cup down the road if they end up in Central America or in uh, any, any territory that will be hostile for them or more hostile than maybe you would get in MLS. Now, that being said, Simon, it's all, all eyes are on Messi. We haven't really talked a whole lot about Messi here on this pod, which I think is, is welcome. because We always talk a lot about Messi, and I'm sure we will over the course of the year.
1: Once you've to talk Messi over the next <laughs> 12 months, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: How many minutes do we see him and the other former Barcelona players playing? Thirty minutes? Do they start? How about that? Do they start?
1: Um, I don't know whether they start or not. I mean, probably. I think they start. I think. Yeah, it's possible they start and come out, or or do you build up the expectation factor and bring Messi on in that? But I don't know. I mean, usually, usually in these games, you're right. Usually in prep games. They'll start with a proper team and then gradually sort of wind it down with like more and more subs, don't they? But um, if he starts, you would think they'd go till half time, but you know.
0: there's, I mean, there's so many players, and Tata Martino talked about having, you know, a full complement of, of options available for the most part. Obviously, injuries notwithstanding. Um, so I think they start. I think they'll get half an hour. It's not inside information, just my supposition. It'll come off at, at after 30 minutes and then. The next batch of players will, will start to trickle in. Um, you don't want to overly work them in the first game of preseason, but I mean, contractually, I'm sure that they're obligated to be on the field if they're healthy. Which all four of them, as of right now, from what we know, are all healthy. So, 30 minutes. Uh, I'm curious to see how the game plays out. I'm very curious to see, you know, if it's if it's tactical, if it's wide open. Very interested to see how, how it all plays out. I know, again, it's not going to be your usual game, and with all the substitutions that are likely to happen, that will impact things, but we'll see. We'll see. Very curious. Very curious. Simon, anything else you want to add with regards to this game or anything that's happened with Inter Miami in the past few weeks before we wrap up the show?
1: Um, no, I mean, still waiting to to see the – I'm really curious to see the new uh, the new jerseys. You know. Tuesday,
0: Simon. Tuesday. It's yeah. gonna happen. There's an event. Royal Caribbean is throwing an event on a boat in Port of Miami. I am planning to be there. It's in the afternoon, I think, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Oh, good.
0: And the jersey will be unveiled. I think you know, you've already seen it make the rounds on Twitter. Uh, hope if that's that on the, the one.
1: The... If that is the one.
0: I think that's the one. I think that's the one. The one that's come out lately. Not not the one that not the one that came out initially, but the one that's come out lately. I hate the whole thing down the middle. I've said that the color is better than what we initially thought, or I, you know, what I initially thought. Um, but we'll see it officially on Tuesday at this Royal Caribbean event. Again, I expect to be there, so I'll provide, you know, uh, my opinions and coverage of that event on. Yeah, Twitter you have to send me the details X. on that because absolutely.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I didn't I, get a memo on that one.
0: Tyler says, "Are you gents going to the Saudi game?" uh i would love to have but i'm not i was gonna go to el salvador i was gonna go to el salvador it was very very cheap to head out of south florida to go to el salvador round trip but unfortunately and i hope she's not listening um i have a friend's birthday this friday and it's important for me to be there so if i'm not there um it would probably not have been a good look for me so unfortunately i'm choosing in this occasion uh personal life over professional life but it's with good reason trust me guys i I normally i'm the only person that's been to every inner miami home game that you know that's a meaningful game um a competitive game but this one this this preseason match unfortunately i I have to miss this uh the stars not aligned for for franco super spy so um (laughs) well i'll be watching it though all the same and uh that's what i wanted to share earlier actually and I lost the train of thought. Intermining, there's no pregame press conference for this. And postgame, they plan to share some of the postgame interviews that are going to be done, but I don't believe there's going to be a full-blown press conference. They're trying to treat this game like it's just the start of their preseason, even though it's anything but that because of, again, the opponent, the location, the magnitude of it all. They're trying to make it normal. They're trying to make it seem like it's just another preseason game. They're not trying to overhype it or um, overdo it. Mm. clearly today you know we spoke to julian gressel and tyler hall we didn't speak to any of the bigger name players who you know could drum up even more interest so i think they're, so there's a conscious effort here to try to make this game as normal as possible from the team regardless of uh of if they're successful at that or not but anyway uh simon anything else before we wrap up here no 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 that's it all right oh, sure. okay all right well then from on my end uh, if you guys haven't, please give us a follow, a like, a subscribe. If you're listening to this after the fact on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any of the streaming audio services, please leave us a review. It helps us out tremendously. It costs you guys next to nothing, just a little bit of your time. That's all we ask. That's all we ask. Um, we will be back next week. I'm hoping I'm gunning for Monday, early in the week, so the game is still fresh. We can talk about what we saw from there and prepare for Well, actually, Monday. They play again, Monday, they play FC Dallas. So maybe Monday is not a good day. Maybe we'll wait for Tuesday. Then we'll have a couple of games to talk about. So yeah, probably Tuesday. I'm going for Tuesday. I don't know what your, what your schedule looks like next week, Simon. I don't know if the NFL has you out and about, but if, uh, if we can make it work, we will be back next Tuesday. We will try to get Jose Armando and Andrea Giannis in the mix as well, but I definitely plan to be back early next week. So, I will hold myself to that As for you guys that are watching and for you guys that are listening. But please give us a comment, a review, a subscribe, or, a, or all of the above if you haven't already. All right. Uh, so, yeah, I guess I'll have to be fresh off the port of Miami boat and come to do the podcast here at home. So I guess I guess I can't be like the media mixer uh, at Media Day. I can't get a, a couple drinks in me because I'm just going to have to come here and make sure I'm in, in good standing. we we'll record
1: so. on the boat, Franco. Let's go live <laughs> on the boat.
0: I'll record on the boat with, uh, with my mic, my wireless mic, and I'll just record off, off the cell phone. But all right, that does it for this week's show. That is Simon Evans. I am Franco Penizo. You have been listening to Miami Total Football. Simon, come on, come on. Roll your
1: Radio.
0: <laughs> Radio. There we go. I like it, Simon. I like it. All right, guys. We will see you next week. I'll work on the dates, but we will see. talk to you guys very, very soon.